Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Replace Long Ministries. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff. Um, we've taken a little break due to the fact that uh, I was uh, dealing with parenthood, but we are back now and we got a bunch of episodes and we're going to kick it off with this very first episode that I'm super excited about. Um, it's uh, I'm going to address kind of the, the elephant in the room here. And, and even though I'm a male, we're going to focus on the females in this episode here. This episode is all about the struggle of the single female Christian. Um, this is something that's very dear and near to my heart, but we have a wonderful person on the show today. Uh, a dear and near friend of mine, Ravimbo. Say Hi. hello. It's great to have you here on Hi the show guys. today. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for giving me this platform and opportunity to share my story and hopefully help somebody who is on a similar journey in life right now. Amen. Amen. So I I mean, so why are we having this type of, of uh, topic on uh, a place where I belong ministries? The reason why we're doing this episode is because, um, honestly, I find that one of the number one reasons why women are leaving the church to which they're currently in right now is because of this issue. Uh, to be honest with you, there's not a lot of guys out there as far as the church goes, or the, the options seem to be lacking, or the, the ratio of, of women to men within the church is very is is, is a huge gap mm -hmm. so uh, there's a lot of women who are struggling with loneliness struggling with fear struggling with anxiety wondering you know if god is ever going to come through or if they're just going to have to do this on their own and so because of this women are leaving the church and you know it's not necessarily that they're leaving the church that which is bothering me and because obviously they're going to some other church and you know that it's great that they're continuing on with their faith and everything but the whole point of this ministry is that we want you to be connected into the body of Christ where you are supposed to be connected. We want you to be in the will of God where he wants you to be. And, you know, we don't want people um, stepping outside of the will of God because of this, because it's, it, you know, when we start stepping outside of that will of God, then the struggles begin to add up more within our lives. And I do believe that God is calling each of us to be connected into the body um, in some way, some shape, some form. And by doing that, it's, it's, it's not bending the fear or anxiety. But um, I want to just dive into this episode right now. I want to dive into these questions. Um, I just want to start off, um, Ravimbo, how, how bad is it right now for the single woman in the church? Uh, Pastor Jeff, it's not looking good. It's not at all. If I was a doctor, I would say prognosis dismal. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, I think I'll speak uh, on our church, like the church we, we worship mm -hmm. at. Um, and I think maybe it might translate across other, other churches, just in general, in the body of yeah. Christ. But um, when you look at the demographics just in our church, I think it's almost an 80 to 20 kind of ratio, 80% women, 20% mm -hmm. men. And when you look deeper and kind of try to unpack that 20%, mm -hmm. you'll find that maybe uh, a third of the men are married. Um, so completely off the market, mm -hmm. some are in relationships um, and then some are mm -hmm. younger. Obviously I'm, I'm a, a certain age, I'm in my mid, venturing into late 20s now yeah. uh, for anyone who wants <laughs> um, and so <laughs> it's obviously you know looking at a, at a certain age range, yeah. range that will match up to where I'm at in life yeah. and so those people who might be the perfect fit just 
aren't ready or aren't displaying characteristics mm-hmm. that are conducive to pursuing a healthy relationship that will end yeah. in marriage. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm, I'm seeing from experience, observation, listening to other people and hearing mm-hmm. their stories. Um, there's not a lot of, of variety, <laughs> if I could call it that, to choose mm-hmm. from. Um, and yeah, and this isn't even without looking at. So um, obviously there's, there's qualifiers that I need in my life, you know, certain um, and not even materialistic things, but just things that would be nice to have and ideal for um, where I'm at in life, my ambitions, where I'm mm-hmm. trying to go. So that obviously narrows things down a whole lot yeah. more because not everyone is going to have that. No, for sure. I mean, for sure. And I mean, you know, some people would look at the church and think, okay, so it's not, it doesn't really necessarily look like it's, you know, 80%, 20%. But yeah, when you do, when you do factor in the, 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 keep in mind, we're not, we're not talking necessarily about male to female, we're talking about single male to female. Yeah. Right. And, and that's where you try to understand that, like, probably half the male population in your church is taken. But it, I mean, to be honest with you, it is, it, it is, it, it can be bleak. And I mean, best case scenario, um, the ratio is probably two to one, but on average within the church um, and nowadays, you're probably looking at at least 10 to 15 to one. And, and that right there alone, I mean, I feel like is, is scaring um, a lot of women out there, but do you think there's a lot of women out there though, right now who maybe are struggling with this this notion in their mind but aren't necessarily speaking up about it yeah absolutely um it's funny that you should mention this because i was having a conversation just yesterday um with a friend of mine where we were discussing just this very topic and um i think it's it's difficult to talk about it without seeming like you're kind of obsessed and obsessive about our relationships and everything because already women are painted in that light of you know want to be married want to have the kids and the husband and everything um so it it does make it difficult to broach the topic and to say hey like uh, honestly speaking i'm struggling with the idea that i might end up alone because i don't see anyone um in my church who is um compatible with me but also just in general there's no one even before we begin to assess compatibility to even say, let me see if it's if, if they're compatible, um, and 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 yeah, I think it's it's definitely an issue that plagues. I think the church body as a whole, because um, even I'm from Zimbabwe, and obviously I go to church there as well. And um, I went to a, a girls and women's retreat in December, and this was a key topic that people were praying about and were asking to kind of be ministered unto about because. They, they want to get married. Women want to get married. We want to start families, but it's it's so difficult to 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 say it without sounding like, you know, all you want is is this this okay. life. life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, abs- absolutely. I mean, you know, the the thing is, is that I think I think like in the church, it's not women get a bad rap around it because they kind of feel like they talk about it more than guys do but it's just it is something guys talk about but let's face it I mean as far as the guys go it's not we 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 come to church and we see a sea of fish right Mm -hmm. (laughs) women come to church we're seeing empty ponds so I mean it it, it, the the conversation becomes a little more a little more dire right than than it would 
in, in let's say, uh, a, a guy's perspective. But mm-hmm. I want to tap into to scripture now because, I mean, God, I mean, when I was struggling, you know, I, I personally went through this and, and um, I, I went through about 11 years of, of being single um, in the church. And I'm not talking like 11 years, like 11, you know, like starting off at 11, you know, age 11 or upward mm-hmm. or whatnot. I right? were talking like my prime years. Um, I think like my last girlfriend was uh, when I was about 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't meet my wife. I didn't meet my wife until I was about 29. So in between 18 years of age and 29 years old, um, I was really, really struggling with singleness. Now, obviously, it wasn't that big of an issue in the beginning. But as you start to get older and you're in your late 20s, right? Yeah. Uh, panic and fear starts to kick in. You wonder mm-hmm. if it's ever going to happen. And I mean, at that point, I, I, had, I had already, it's not like I was just idly sitting, sitting by. I was trying. I was making an effort, trying to get out there, trying to put myself out there. Um, a couple of times I believed it was of God <laughs> and, you know, unfortunately it wasn't, uh, because yeah. it was really just, whether it be loneliness on my part kicking in or me just trying to force the scenario, whatever it may yeah. be, uh, I just didn't work out. And it just, it, I mean, I even got to the place, to the point where, um, uh, my pastors kind of had to come up to me and say like, look, we give you our blessing to go outside of the church to try to find a wife because they knew my struggles that I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't fit the demographic of the church. Um, you know, the church we go to, it's, it's predominantly um, African. It's predominantly uh, Ghanaian and Nigerian yeah. uh, to be exact. And so uh, for me, there was a lot of struggles. There was a lot of issues and, and um, whether the, whether the girls there just kind of never really pictured to marry a white guy or their parents were just not all for it. Um, you know, it, there, was, there was a lot of struggles and a lot of obstacles I had to really, really overcome. And, uh, you know, I really was at that place where I was just like, am I gonna make it in, in this God? Am I gonna make it in this church or do I gotta yeah. hightail and, and run out? And I personally very much felt like God was really calling me to this church, even though um, my situation looked pretty Bleak. So he gave me he gave me a word and um, it was all throughout the book of Ruth. So I just want to examine. Uh, we're just going to examine the book of Ruth here very quickly. Um, now, for those of you who don't know and are not too familiar with the book of Ruth, Ruth was a, uh, a widow who decides to stick by her her mother in law's side. Um, she her her mother in law's husband passed away. Her husband. Ruth's husband ultimately passed away as well. And the options of, for Ruth and being able to find another husband at this point are very bleak. And uh, so the book very much starts off in, in a scenario of, of Naomi, the, the mother-in-law, trying to tell her daughter-in-laws, both of them, to get up and go and to leave, uh, go back to your home and uh, try to finish out your life there. Um, but Ruth... Uh, decides that she is not going to abandon her mother's side. And so we're going to pick up in verse 18, which is, or sorry, verse 15, which is right where um, Naomi is trying to get Ruth to go, but Ruth is not having any of it. And in verse, in chapter one, verse 15, it says, and she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, 
Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. And the Lord do to me, do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. So we'll stop there for a moment just to examine this. So <laughs> Ruth was a widow. Okay, I, wanna, I just want people to understand the time in which, in which we're reading this, the, the, these scriptures. All right? Ruth was a widow. It, being a widow back then is not like being a widow today. Right? You, you're a widow, whatever. Right? Pick up, carry on, remarry. It, you're all good. In those times, to be a widow was, was a very sad thing to be. Uh, the reason behind this was, was because if you were a widow, the odds of you remarrying were very, very slim. Uh, there were a lot, of, especially within, within the uh, Jewish law, it was, there was a lot of things that which hindered the widows to be able to move on freely. Mm -hmm. In other words, certain individuals within the family had more rights to the widow. So in other words, it was, it was more custom that someone within that, within um, the widow's former husband would marry her, whether it be a brother or a cousin or, or something. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like she could just kind of go out and marry whoever she wished. Uh, that wasn't how they did things back then. And, and a lot of the times, obviously, family, these, these guys were already married. They already had kids of their own. They weren't looking to necessarily add on to their family. So a lot of the time, the widows would not actually remarry. Mm -hmm. They would actually live out their days continuing to be alone. On top of that, she was no longer a virgin. Now, once again, in today's day and age, not a big deal. Back then, it was a huge deal, mm -hmm. right? These guys wanted to marry virgins. And on top of that, Ruth was a foreigner. She was from Moab. She was a Moabite, which made things a little bit more complicated because even though, you know, yeah, we might be able to overlook um, the fact that you are from a foreign country, at least you're a virgin, at least you're exotic, at least you're this, you're that. But when you begin to add all of these three things come together, things are looking very bleak for Ruth. And yeah. this is why Naomi, her mother-in-law, is sending her away. She's like, look, at least you could possibly try to live out the rest of your life with your family. They can look after you. They can take care of you. Yeah, you may not ever remarry, but at least you'll be able to live on with your life. If you stay with me, her, her mother-in-law, Naomi, it, things aren't going to look good. And in, keep them in a time in which there was a famine going on in the land as well. So what I want to know is, do you feel or have you ever felt like something now or change something now? I'm never going to find a husband. Because this is like, I mean, Ruth was in a scenario where it's just like, look, <laughs> things aren't good economy-wise. Things aren't looking bleak or things are looking good, they're not looking good, something's got to give, something's got to change. Do you personally, have you ever felt like in that scenario where like, I got to do something, I got to do it now? Yeah, absolutely. Especially because I had this whole grand life plan on, you know, you plan everything out so perfectly when you're 17 years old and you think, absolutely. I'm going to finish school, I'm going to be 23, and then by 24, I should be engaged, 25, I should be married with a kid on the way you know very much that um linear trajectory that um i don't know if it actually ever works for anyone but 
seems like all of us <laughs> have this notion that that's what we want our lives to be. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely had this idea of everything is going to fall into place perfectly. I'll meet the love of my life at like 22, 23, and then by 25 maximum, we should be expecting our first child. Max. Maximum. 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 Yeah, that was it. Right. Uh, and so I think when things started to... So I've been in other relationships, obviously, and not necessarily people in the church, um, like right. our church. But uh, when all of those didn't work out and I'm at the cusp of 23 going on to 24 and I'm exiting a relationship, it, it was pretty much like, oh my gosh, so for me to um, be able to achieve that life goal that I want and maybe amend it by six months or so, I need to do something stacked. Um, and I, I, I found myself saying, you know what, somebody at church is interested in me. Great. It's got to be of God, right? Because why wouldn't it be? how like why why would it not work out um and then just jump on it and kind of got myself into thinking you know what goes to church everything is good this is this is it god's got to bless it and it's going to be fine and then just moving moving with it and going along with it um and partly because I i wanted to have a certain life um at a certain age and milestones that i want to hit that i've put on myself um and and just by all means necessary right it doesn't matter what my previous requirements may have been or what i feel like i had wanted in a husband before a guy is interested in me this is great let's go and that was kind of the approach that i i i took and found myself in i mean if you really think about it right like I mean, Ruth. Ruth could have left. She could have. She could have ultimately just up and uh, up and gone. The odds would have been in her favor, especially yeah. when it comes to living or whatnot. So I mean, you have to like. I mean, I can only imagine she was like. She, she had this, this, this. Obviously, this faithfulness to Naomi. But you have to think there was some kind of mm-hmm. fear. There was some kind of loneliness that was creeping in into into Ruth's life. So I mean, um, I mean, how how one have 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 you been feeling that loneliness have you been feeling that fear and 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 what kind of toll has been taking on you as a as a christian yeah so i i have been feeling um i i guess i had been i'll rephrase that more past tense because i've had a change in in mindset which i'm sure we'll go a little bit into but yeah it's it's that loneliness is is real it and it's it's valid i think um especially after having listened to your story as well and i've heard it a couple of times as well and i can <laughs> i can understand at first when i first heard it i was pretty young i want to say it was about 4 years ago when i heard you speak and you were speaking on it and i was like oh, okay well oh woohoo whatever but now the the more i i go up up there and you know things are changing in my life it's become now i'm starting to understand the trajectory of your story and why you share your story um and the way you do because absolutely i've been feeling like oh it would be nice to be able to come home and have somebody who is you know encouraging me or you know just just there for me especially a person uh, i'm not from here at all so I have no family members, like actual blood family members in this country. And I've been looking forward to the time where I can have a family of my own and not feel so isolated. 
um, this is not an insult to my friends or even my church family who um, are great, but there's a sense of loneliness that comes with not having, you know, that connection and that tie to people that you can say, these are, this is my family. So yeah, there, there are times where I'll see people on Instagram, engagements, weddings, um, invitations and everything and I'm, I'm happy for them i genuinely am but it, it can't help but wonder so when is that going to be me um when do yeah. i when do i get to share and have that moment of happiness where i can truthfully you know say say i'm, I'm now starting my own family there's somebody i can depend on 24 7 who has pledged to be there for me and not just my friend who might have some other commitment come up and they have to abandon maybe me to tend to their own commitments um, so yeah, it's 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 a very yeah. it's a very lonely and sometimes if you don't check those emotions, it can actually be a bit consuming. Um, like it, it it could become something that you start to think okay. about on a constant, almost unhealthy basis of like, why not me? Why why won't anyone look at me? Why won't anyone approach me? Um, and it can take Absolutely. a toll. I mean, you you go to a wedding and you're not even staring at the bride necessarily you're just envisioning that it's you walking down the aisle yeah you know like people yeah no absolutely that's it's funny i didn't realize that i was preaching to a fearless rimbimbo like four years ago <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh no that's not uh, whatever. whatever no, whatever. no. <laughs> oh, this guy's talking crazy um no but i mean yeah like and i mean obviously see um most most women don't really want to talk to me as far as this stuff goes because i mean let's face it um a lot of women don't want to portray themselves as crazy they don't want to portray themselves as lonely um a lot of them are are in a way they just they want to they want to show the world that they are strong and that they can throw you know be able to withstand anything that life throws at them and there's nothing wrong with that i mean the time that we're living in um it's it's life is all about status and and how we project ourselves and how people perceive us to be and and so i can only imagine that like there are people like there are a lot of women out there who are feeling that fear um and feeling that loneliness mm-hmm. um that that and like you said it, it can be consuming i mean for me honestly the loneliness was was crippling um mm-hmm. i personally i personally was was at a point where i was actually going through um it, like the loneliness was kicking in so much that i was actually even going through a depression yeah. um and it was it was extremely difficult it was extremely hard and i mean it's you know it's 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 one thing i think you know if you're going to a church where you got a lot of friends and you got a lot of family but when you go to a church where you have no f- family that shows up with you you have very mm-hmm. few friends and then on top of that it looks like you might die alone in this church yeah. <laughs> like i mean it beca- it becomes terrifying it becomes scary but at the same time it becomes obsessive yeah you know like it's it's just your prayer life is god in this now like please mm-hmm. please bring bring that better half into my life please and this pain and the suffering you know god time is is counting down here i mean now you now granted i mean you're uh, you're not as different as i am but your culture is still different um you're you're from a different country than than the majority of the demographic within our church and um do you do you has that played a factor have you noticed that playing a factor do you feel like some guys are are just not interested in you because of it or maybe some of them have written you off on your list or maybe it's difficult for you to get into those inner circles because you just don't 
fit into that norm. That norm. Yeah, I think the, the the last point you mentioned might be more so what it is um, not yeah. being able to fit into those circles because a lot of our um, fellow church mates have grown up together. They know each other. Their families know each other. Yeah. Super intertwined. Um, you know, yeah. they, it's a very tight knit. So now to come, especially by myself, it's not like I even have my mom to be with me to kind of, you know, forge relationships with the other moms and the other parents for them to then know, okay, this is the kind of family I come from. I'm just me by myself kind of representing myself. So while it might not be an issue for the guys, just me being of a different culture, I do know that they're going to go home and then um uh and this might be an anomaly i don't know how far it's it's applicable but i do know that a lot of um the majority members of our church as culture so nigerian and Ghanaian, really do mm-hmm. value people marrying not even just within the the national kind of like Ghanaian and nigerian but even down to the tribe so yeah. down That's to like nice. you know if you're ashanti marry someone who's ashanti if you're Igbo, marry someone Igbo, that kind of thing so it goes even beyond yeah. just I, if I was Ghanaian or if I was Nigerian, but not from the same tribe as the person who I may be mm-hmm. interested in, it already presents as, as a challenge. So now someone from a different country altogether, I don't speak the language. Um, while we might have some base things that are similar, there's obviously some some things that I, I won't be able to to relate to, not right away anyway, because of those differences. And I think... It does play a role. They might be interested in me, but you'll go home and your mom will say, that girl, does she know what we do in our country? Does she know what we do in our village? Um, yeah. You know, I was hoping we would have some kids of this tribe and my grandkids would be this way. And I don't know her family, her mom, they could be crazy and all of these things, which I understand because in my country, these are similar things, similar conversations that occur. So... I, I know I know the root of it all, but it makes it challenging when now I'm uprooted from that culture where I'm from, where I could have found a Zimbabwean man to marry. I'm now in in this church where there are no Zimbabwean guys for me to yeah. um, form those connections with. Um, so I I think that that does definitely play play a role. Just not knowing yeah. people, not having those relationships, not having anything that can vouch that i could be zimbabwean your son could be Ghanaian or nigerian and it's like i'll respect their culture they'll respect mine and it's okay that we can raise our kids in a multicultural household and no one will die um but it's really it's it's difficult to convince parents uh, of that because i think my parents um my mom has only now come around to the fact that i'm probably not going to marry a zimbabwean guy just statistically Um, even if I wanted to, even if I wanted to, like, where, where is that happening? And so I've had to kind of coach her into, you know what, mom, if I marry someone who's not Zimbabwean, you have got to be okay with it because that's just the reality of, of what it is. Um, but she was also kind of leaning more towards the, oh, like if you could marry someone Southern African, even that would be great. Um, but yeah. So I, I get, I get where it stems from, but yeah. It's not I, great. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you know, I completely understand that because I, I have my, my friend circle has always been very multicultural. And, yeah. and so um, I've, I've had to witness horror stories um, where the parents just refused, mm-hmm. refused to speak to the individual, refused to acknowledge them. 
um, you know, wanted nothing to do with this relationship, believing yeah. it wasn't of God, believing that this wasn't right, this is not correct, it's not how things are done. I mean, obviously that's the worst case scenario, but I mean, I've, I've even had to like sit in, 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 in meetings and, and hear about how, you know, their, their Nigerian son is in no way going to marry their Ghanaian daughter. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can only imagine, like, I'm thinking, oh God, you know, like wait until they get a load of me, right? Like, <laughs> wait, wait until I step into the picture. And, and, you know, and at the time, I mean, like, I wasn't, I mean, granted, I, I, I got my whole uh, Rona hairstyle and beard going on right now. But I mean, back then I, I had like earrings. I had really, I had really long hair. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't just like a white guy. I mean, I looked like a, a rock type of white guy who, I mean, I'm pretty sure I scared most of the parents than anything else. And I mean, when I had to tell my mom, I mean, or, you know, that I was, I, I, I ultimately married a Jamaican woman and, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I was actually a little nervous to tell my parents, you know, like, hey, she's from Jamaica. Yeah. AKA, she's not white, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and I know my parents aren't racist, but at the same time, right, you, I, I feel like parents have this, this, this picture in their head of who their, their children are going to marry, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't, want to you don't want to disappoint them either. But it just happened to work out that, I mean, I was single for so long that my parents, honestly, at this point, I think they were just more or less happy that um, I, I brought home a woman. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't bring home like, like a dog or, or, you know, something else, right? Like, I just, I think they were just absolutely happy that I just brought home a woman in, in, in that, in that point of view. But um, it's, you know, being outside of that culture definitely has an obstacle. And, and I mean, if the odds already weren't stacked against you just being a female in today's yeah. day and age, right? Mm -hmm. um, you also have to deal with that. But I mean, for me, it was definitely looking bleak. And I looked, I looked at this like there was two options before me that I kind of felt like uh, I was just praying to God every night. And I was just like, God, two, two scenarios are going to happen here. Okay, Father, it's either... It's either I'm, I'm going to decide to go out to another church and look for a wife. And I was afraid to do that, mainly because I felt like I was eventually going to find a church where I felt like it was more home, mm -hmm. like it was more, it was more comfortable, a, a church that I can kind of blend into a little bit more, hide a little bit more, yeah. not stick out like a sore thumb. Um, I was worried about that. I was worried that I was going to choose comfort over purpose. Mm. And... Or the other option was I was just going to leave the church altogether. I was just done, right? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to bounce. <laughs> I'm just going to go to some other church. I'm done with this, right? I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm sick of being alone. And so uh, my question to you is, I mean, have you, have you ever thought about maybe the only solution that is before you is to leave the church that you're currently in? Hmm. So I haven't necessarily thought of leaving well not, not really for this particular reason um oh, like okay, not, not finding there there are other reasons connected to this but not necessarily not finding anyone but mm. i have considered the option of staying in my church and serving and doing what i need to do there but also mm -hmm. opening myself up to other ministries and connecting with other christian i guess men and people just in in at church events or christian events 
and maybe seeing if there would be somewhere that I could find better, like better chances, maximize my chances. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I haven't had the chance to, to try this or to trial and error just on account of COVID. Yeah. So there haven't been many events or any um, that mm -hmm. I can say that I've tried. But that, that has been something that I've thought of, of saying, I don't want to forfeit my destiny and my purpose in the church where I'm planted. But I also look around and um, no disrespect to the men in our church, but I don't see myself with anyone who's there <laughs> right now. Guys, you're on blast. Take notice. <laughs> Take notice. And uh, I mean, I, I, I love my fellow brothers in Christ, but, um, you know, just looking around and thinking, could I, do I see myself with any one of these people? Um, and what does that look like? And how, how am I, how does my life look like with some of the, these guys? And I, I'm not seeing it, at least not right away. And that may be a consequence of something not being revealed to me right now yeah. um, that might become apparent later, which if so, thank God for that. Mm -hmm, or if mm -hmm. it's simply just the person maybe hasn't come to our church yet, because that's not something that's improbable. Yeah. A lot can happen in, in even a weekend where somebody could come into the church, we connect and that's that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm not limiting God on account of, you know, no, I have to leave. I have to leave the church and I have to go elsewhere. Anything can happen. But when I look at it right now, this very minute, and think about the guys in our church, I, I don't see it. Thing, though, I mean, like, when, when you step outside of the church that which you are in mm -hmm. and you venture into the unknown, right? Yeah. Is, are you multiplying your odds of of finding a wolf in sheep's clothing absolutely <laughs> and and does that scare you more <laughs> oh um that's a very good question so um even apart from i know the reason i, I understand the basis uh, and the principle as to why our leaders want us to kind of you know keep it in our church local church body just because we're receiving the same same doctrine, we are being trained under the same principles and values, etc. So when I, you know, raising leaders, that's kind of the the mission statement of our church. And I would want somebody who I'm, you know, tying my destiny to to be aligned with the same values that I am being taught and that I'm following at my local church. Um, but then to your question of am I maximizing my odds of meeting uh, someone in sheep's uh, wolf in sheep's clothing? I can tell you for a fact that that can happen even in our local church. This is true. This is 100% true. It's 100, you, are, you are very, very correct. So um, now here's the issue, right? The dangers of not just being outside, but being outside God's will. Mm -hmm. um, now this is, where, this is where it kicks in, right? Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I know that there are a lot of churches out there that very much, because so many women are leaving the church, right? And and let's face it, right now, the most faithful people that seem to be serving in the church are not necessarily men, but women. Yeah. And and they produce like such a large amount of what a church is being run by. Like when you see people cleaning the church, when you mm -hmm. see people taking care of the church, when you see people running the ministries and organizing things and taking notes and everything else, right? A large population of the workforce of what makes a church run in north america is the women mm -hmm. it's the women who are doing it 
And so you have all these pastors who don't want these women to leave. You want them to stay be- yeah. because, be- because I mean, at the end of the day, like that's 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 where that's where they're getting all this this help from. So they're more inclined to say, "Please don't leave. <laughs> Please, <laughs> you know, trust God, have faith in God. God will bring a man to this church for you, and so on." And I don't necessarily like. I don't necessarily a hundred percent agree with that. And the yeah. reason behind this is, and and I mean, this might seem contradictory on my end, but I um, we'll look just look at a as a quick uh, scripture here in in Ruth chapter two verse eight. It says, "Then Boaz." Now Ruth ultimately went into. Uh, she decided to go into a field, and she was directed to go into Boaz's field because um, Boaz was someone who the family knew. And uh, to, to help glean from the field, in other words, to, to pick uh, whatever wheat that might have been dropped or left over in order for her and her mother-in-law to have some food to eat. And so now you have Ruth in the field, and, and, and Boaz takes notice of her. So then Boaz said to Ruth, you will, you will listen, my daughter. You will not, you will not, do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them have i not commended the young men not to touch you and when you are thirsty go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn so mm-hmm. what what i really really want to like focus on in 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 this is that it's not necessarily like i, I don't want women to think that they can't leave the church they can't venture outside the church to go meet someone no 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 no, no. Yeah. by all means you can the point though is is to continue to walk in god's will right Mm -hmm. that's that's the main key so i mean now here's the thing right there's no guarantee that ruth finds field or finds food in the field uh she might end on a little and even though boaz told her like look don't don't venture out don't don't leave my property there'd be a scenario where let's say ruth doesn't have a lot of food her and her mother-in-law are starving and and she needs to do something drastic now me personally okay i personally have have had loneliness kick in to the point where i was just mm-hmm. done i was just done i threw i threw caution to the wind and i said you know what god i'm done i'm done with this i'm done um i'm done trying to play it safe and whatnot so like have you have you personally like have you ever gotten to that place where you just kind of Maybe through caution to the wind a little, through your star a little. Um, I guess I, I kind of did. Um, and by put myself out there, I guess I, I have very I don't want to say antiquated views of <laughs> of how I want to be. I do want to be pursued as opposed to be the one that's you know sliding in the DMs like they used to do these days. Um, but Absolutely. I I I am very much like open to somebody who is not from my church or you know just anyone not anyone like i don't have standards but just you know a respectable gentleman um Mm -hmm. if they express interest in me i'm okay with with exploring where that could go um so i guess in that way i threw caution to the wind because i think there was a point in time in my journey where i was like you know he has to be from this church it's gotta be it's gotta be one of these people it's gotta be god it has to be um and i was rigid in trying to make it fit into that and then after a while i said you know what it's it's okay and especially when i went through an experience that made me think oh my gosh maybe it's it's for the best if i throw caution to the wind and 
explore other options because this clearly did not work out for me at all if anything it scarred me to the point where i want to be to i want to look elsewhere um so yeah, yeah i think i think so and now um I think I'm still in that place where I've thrown caution to the wind and I'm open to exploring what a respectable gentleman who approaches me has to offer. Um, respectable gentleman. <laughs> I emphasis on respectable. <laughs> um, but... Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, sometimes we can, we can rush into relationships, you know, and, and I personally, you know, there are times where I felt like I've, I rushed into stuff. I kind of rushed in and, and it, I, I, you know, looking back, I think I didn't take time to, to pray about it more or to really kind of um, examine the situation more. Yeah. Um, do you, have, have you, have you gone through any, any scenarios where like, let's say like you, you went into a relationship and obviously in hindsight, it didn't go well, it didn't go properly. And I mean, were there, were there signs? I, I guess in the sense that like, you know, maybe this wasn't it or. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I probably can say this for all of my relationships, um, but the, the first, <laughs> it's only three guys. You can, you can relax. I'm not okay. crazy. <laughs> but the first two, I guess I can rule those out and say um, these people were they were Christian on paper on account of, you know, you're born in a Christian in an African household. And so by default, you go to church with mom because that's just what yeah. we do. Um, and it's I think that the third one is probably the most significant because it had the appearance of godliness, but um, not actually when I was then now in hindsight, especially as well, because hindsight is definitely 2020. Um, but I okay. think because I had been through those first experiences with guys that really weren't in the church and I was okay with just, you know, doing like the casual, like, okay, cool, let's just do this and, um, see what happens. I definitely wanted to be a lot more intentional going forward. And so here it was a, a Christian guy, model Christian guy, and, um, everything seems to line up, right? Which is what I wanted. Yeah. Somebody in the church, someone who's serving, somebody who is just out there. Um, and so I didn't, I don't think I prayed about it because I took, I did pray, but not as, as, as much as now I see I should have and really analyzed the, the issue and the relationship and what the intention was before going for it. But I took it as, okay, this person is Christian, fully Christian, which is more than I can say for previous people. Obviously this has got to be of God, right? Like everything on paper looks great. So let's just go a hundred percent into it so i had my whole life planned out with this person i think like three months in i was ready to be like you know what if you are trying to get married in the next year i'm definitely a hundred percent down to do this um but three months by in the, the three months in um i was like yeah absolutely i this is this is great this is perfect you fit all the criteria you're a good upstanding person perfect you're scaring all the millennials right now you know <laughs> Three i know i know it, it is scary it is but i again i'm mid-20s i'm trying to have you know plan everything have a kid by 26 yeah. at most and all of the other good stuff so i was really like let's all keep right. let's go let's keep it moving um why do we need to think about this more if it's clearly like if it's right it's right um and so because I put myself in that mindset and in that position early on, I, like three months is very soon to be 
in that headspace, um, I really was ignoring, I think, things that should have been um, red flags or things that should have poked and piqued my, my attention to dive deeper into them and to explore them further. I just didn't believe that it was possible for anything to be worse than things that I've already experienced. Because yeah. it was like, you know what? You're a Christian guy. We're in the church. We pray in tongues the whole nine. Nothing can be as bad as experiences that I've gone through in the past with people who weren't at that stage in their lives. Mm-hmm. So I was willing, and it's on, honestly, I'm a bit, I don't know if embarrassed or ashamed is the, the way to say it because I, I, I am usually like very attentive and I have, I yeah. know what I want and I know that I won't compromise on certain things, but. I, I took appearances at face value and I just kind of went with it. And I pegged mm-hmm. everything on, well, you're a Christian, you're a child of God, you're great. So anything else is ultimately covered and will be overshadowed by that classification, that characteristic. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah and, and it didn't, it ended up not, not, not working out great for me, obviously, because now here I am. And if anything, I think I was yeah. more scarred than my previous relationships and those weren't great either um i went through some really yeah. traumatic things with that as well but i think what's worse about it when you kind of rush and you don't look at things objectively and it's with somebody in the church it hurts more because you didn't expect that from like you can expect like yeah. a regular riffraff person to do that to you because okay after all i knew what i signed up for i knew this is the person you were so this isn't a, sh- a shock or a surprise but somebody who is um you know a child of god it, it can have a, a different impact on you and so that's that's where i ended up anyway having not really picked apart those red flags or listened to what the discernment of the spirit because i believe it was there and in hindsight i was able to see oh no this was not aligning and this was not this was i should have paid attention there there was this red flag there but i was just like you know no the christian trumps everything everything is going to be fine do you feel like you forced it? Do you feel like you forced the relationship a little? I think Maybe. I, yeah, I think I did. I think I did. And it wasn't evident at that time because, um, and I don't know if I can speak for all women when I say this, but we have this innate, like, you know, the nurturing part, the part that wants to see things succeed, the part that wants to be happy and to have this model relationship that now I have yeah. a guy, I can, I can mold things, I can finesse things or position things to ultimately have the relationship that i want so for me it was okay he's here now it might not be perfect but i can work i can work with this i can work with this this is fine um and so yeah i i i definitely forced forced things that i could maybe have given it time and it may have worked out better for me or honestly just said you know what this is it's okay that it's not working out and let me just exit from this situation you feel you feel like maybe the heart was guiding the relationship a lot more than Christ was. Yeah, absolutely. That I can definitely say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's you know that's 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 obviously like I mean there's a, there's a lot of women out there and and personally I mean I don't know maybe you see it in the church as well I do see it um, where women I I guess in a way or for they're they're trying to keep a relationship going that realistically it almost seems like there's no no happy ending to it or it just doesn't seem right it doesn't seem like it fits or um it doesn't seem like it's the will of god or whatnot but um did 
I mean, no, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's never, it's never good and it's never happy when, when a relationship doesn't work out. Um, how, how did the, the, the relationship, I guess, once, once um, it did end, how did that affect you as far as being in the church goes? Like, how did that affect you? Like, were, was there a period in time where you just, you didn't, you didn't want to come to church or was there a period maybe where you thought like, am I ever going to show my face in church again? Um, did it affect you being able to serve? Did it affect your relationship with Christ? Overall? Yeah, so, mm-hmm, so all of the above, actually. Um, I think it, it, it was very, very difficult for me to even be at the building just because I associated everything that I had gone through and was going through, not just with, you know, church. I come there every Sunday. I also happened to be working there at the time as well. So the building itself came became a site of, like triggering it was triggering for me um a lot of ptsd and if i'm being completely honest with you i'm still dealing with that um right now um and so i I still find it very difficult to to come to church and to be just at the building forget being inside having the people around and everything just being at the physical just building in the parking lot for me triggers up a lot of really terrible memories and just um brings me back almost to the place where I remember oh yeah this this is the place this is the site of my pain um difficult but I had committed to not being one of the people the statistics of people who leave the church on account of a broken relationship um because like you said earlier that is usually the story of people countless women and I guess men as well have left the church on account of relationships that went sour and in in the process of maybe forfeited their destinies and things that they really could have accomplished being in that place so for me and it wasn't an easy um thing for me to get to the point of realizing that i had to stay i'm fortunate enough to have had um my my best friend go through this entire journey with me and keep motivating me and keep uplifting me and telling me that we are not going to leave this church um, I'm not going to see you exit this church on account of what a person did to you because I'm serving. Uh, I've been blessed enough to be able to serve in ministry now um, to do really amazing things that have not only helped me in my spiritual life, but even in my personal life um, just elevated me. And I, I credit that to the opportunities that I've been given at the church. So it seems to me to be to it's 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 too much of a of a risk to my destiny and my purpose for me to leave because of what one person did to me, um, and I don't believe that a person can have that power over me to have me leave a place that I am supposed to thrive in. Um, and so, I while those thoughts did cross my mind and I, I thought about it, I was not going to give the enemy the satisfaction of leaving. I was not going to give people the satisfaction of having me left, whether, I mean, I don't know if there were people that would have wanted me to see, to see me leave or to see me not there anymore for whatever reasons, but I wasn't going to give into any of that and be somebody who, like a, a, a footnote in the story of our church's history. Um, yeah. And just, oh, she used to be here and then she left because things didn't work out with the relationship. Um, no, exactly. that, it's that's too fickle of a reason for me to leave. So I okay. power through whatever PTSD and trauma that I have, um, remembering that ultimately my service is to God and not to any person or any pastor, any leader, anyone. It's it's to God and He wants me there. 
in the church and everything else. And I know that um, loneliness can really affect people. Um, the fear of loneliness can really affect people. I'm not asking necessarily you specifically, but have you noticed? Because I personally have noticed, but have you noticed that um, that there are scenarios where women are sacrificing holiness to continue to be in a relationship because singleness is by far worse yeah yeah and if i uh, i promise to be open and transparent um when we're preparing for this and i i will say that i, I that was me that was definitely me as well where it was like you know what okay here i am i've got this keep it by all means necessary god will understand or oops you know just keep going back and repenting and um go to the altar on sunday and just repent and then you know maybe go back and you know the cycle kind of perpetuates because hey at the yeah. end of the day i'm in a relationship right um and that's yeah i wasn't doing anything wild but still things that are yeah. not within the the will of god and how he would want how you'd want me and 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 us to to navigate and walk out um our relationship um stories i wasn't i wasn't doing that i kind of ended up neglecting him and just saying you know what okay thanks i'm here now i'll take it from here and do what i do what i want so I, I i definitely have seen it i've seen it countless times i've been i've been that person um and i know people who've been that person too in ruth chapter 3 verse 2 it reads now boaz whose young women you were with is not a relative in fact he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor so this is, once again, this is Naomi, Naomi um, Ruth's mother-in-law speaking to her, telling her, you know, hey, look, now Boaz, whose young woman you were with, right? It never really clicked in, but there were other young women around Boaz. Mm -hmm. Boaz could have chosen any one of them. It didn't have to be Ruth. I mean, he was obviously in a place where he was, he was looking for someone. He was, he was in a place where he was open to have a, a wife. And, mm -hmm. and, and there were other women around. And there were probably other women who, who were probably, on paper, a better fit, right? As far as, yeah. as, far as the Jewish standard goes back then, right? Not married, virgin, um, not foreigners. And to be honest with you, some of them maybe even had some inheritance slapped onto the side right i mean the inheritance that came with ruth wasn't even really ruth's it was naomi's mm -hmm. which made it even more worse right because i mean it was all it was it was just all these odds stacking against ruth and so there were there were other women and 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 just like there were other women with, around boaz as as there are guys we get to the area of how do we come how, how do how does how does a single woman in the church today who's already dealing with fear dealing with anxiety struggling through her loneliness looking at the fact that like there's 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 hardly any guys in the church that which feel like they could be the possible one how in the world now do you also go through the idea of combing through the options i mean do you do you personally feel like you have a lot of options or i i, I mean in in our church right now i mean do you, do you, I mean, you're you're clearly not overwhelmed with the choices, right? Oh no! <laughs> what do you What do you mean? I'm I'm spoiled for choice. Um, no, but 
Oh, yeah, the coming through. I think um, I think where where I'm at now, and th- th- this is a valid question, and for anyone who is in this position as well, like I can definitely definitely understand and relate, and I'm I'm with them. But I've realized, um, and I don't know if this was, I, I think it was a revelation that I had, that I don't have to compromise what I would want within, obviously, the, the, the limits of what God has planned for me, simply because it looks like there are no options. So I never want to find myself, I guess, doing what I had done before, being in a situation where I just jumped on it and said, okay, you're in the church, good, let's go. Um, because yeah. I, I do want to maintain the standards that I have for myself. And I, I hold myself in high regard, obviously not in a boastful way, but I, I think that I'm a good catch. I think I bring a lot to the table. And just because there aren't many guys in the church doesn't mean I should now lower my expectations on account of at least I snagged one. Um, and, you know, have to now deal yeah. with the consequences of that and be like, oh, well, I should have just waited um, cause I don't, and I don't know if it's God trying to redirect my thoughts cause I've been scrolling on Instagram lately and even Pinterest and things. And this quote keeps coming up of don't let the fear of being single right now, um, make you regret having married the wrong person in two, three years or whatever. Cause I ultimately think yeah. that regretting, um, a situation when I could, I, it sucks now. And honestly, it sucks to be lonely. I want to be able to buy a house and it would be great to have somebody to go houses with it and, you know, to decorate and everything. But I think I'm okay with waiting until however long God has me wait, which I hope is not long, Lord. But um, uh, in, rather, rather that and being in a happy, fruitful, productive, God-ordained marriage than having to cry myself to sleep every day yeah. because I Absolutely. don't know where this person is because I don't know now, you know, people are knocking on my door with children that I don't know about or so many scary scenarios of things that are happening out there in the world that I think I would rather avoid that. And I think what that's one worse than five years or just wallowing in my misery for the rest of my life yeah. because I didn't have the patience to wait um, for the person who really is supposed to propel me into my destiny now i mean i've 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 never actually really seen this um i've only heard about it and um i've heard it from multiple women so i'm (laughs) trying now now that i like we're on this subject and whatnot i can ask a woman outright and plain um do you feel that when a single guy and i'm you know a, a single guy appears in church um and he you know this this ruggedly handsome good-looking guy shows up serving faithfully praying um you know has has all the all the check marks that most women have on their list and whatnot is 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 there almost like a competition going on like do you feel like women kind of compete against one another is there like like for example like if you were to start dating someone do are you suddenly on like other women's hate lists when it comes to the church church honestly i would i would love to say this isn't true but i think it is <laughs> i for the i wish i could say it isn't true but i honestly i it, it's true it's true and it might not come across as like overtly um you know this person doesn't like you or 
there is mm-hmm. you know it's not overt or anything it's very subtle yeah. like aggression like microaggressions almost where you can see that you're kind of stepping on some territory that is <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that's shaky because again like yeah when somebody does come into the church and obviously like we've established not many guys and again like I guess uh, handsomeness is objective. I could find somebody handsome that somebody else doesn't. But there are those people who are objectively handsome, who everyone can kind of agree, like, this is a good-looking guy. Um, and then, you know, you start dating that person. I think it definitely people will definitely be looking like, why her and not me? What did she do that I didn't do? Or why didn't he notice me? And why didn't he approach me? Um, and all these variables that kind of indirectly come out targeted towards the other woman. Because even though she didn't do anything yeah. and maybe just sat there and this guy approached her, it's almost like, what yeah. What did you do? And like the insecurities of like, so you're better than me? A lot of guys in the church who I feel are hunting for women. Um, but at the same time, I feel like they're they're not really very serious about God. They're not really serious about church. They're not serious about... Uh, really cultivating and developing a relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. um, and I and I and I I always seen this, you know, like I've seen it a couple of times where I've I've had female friends in the church, and I've kind of had to run blocker, so to speak, right, to keep these guys at bay. Um, you know, I I've, I've even had like one guy. I remember uh, this one guy showing up to church with the fanny pack, and this was back when fanny packs were not cool. For whatever reason, <laughs> fanny packs are back in style again. I don't know why. They're cool again. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I honestly have no idea why. But anyways, the, I mean, they, you know, he, he showed up to church with like a fanny pack and, and like right then and there, that fanny pack was a red flag for me. And he was all up on, in my business, trying to find out about a certain woman and individual, you know, and oh, is she single? And, and what is she like? And when is she this? And when is she that? And I'm like, I, dude, this is like your first day showing up to this church. Who are you? You know, um, clearly you didn't come for the service. Clearly you didn't come for the message. Um, you're probably just hunting around for, for women and whatnot. And and the thing is, is that like, there are, there are so many guys out there who I feel like they're just, they're, they're, they're hunting on the weak, the weak willed women mm-hmm. and, and women who, who could be taken advantage of. So do you feel like you, someone who is, is, is like, doing everything she can to develop and cultivate a relationship with Jesus Christ, serving faithfully in the church, um, putting your career um, in priority with your life and being a successful woman. Do you feel like those factors actually hinder you in being able to meet someone? Like, do you feel like it's maybe intimidating some of the guys in church, scaring off some of these guys? Yeah, so I think I think so. And the reason I say this is because people have told me I'm intimidating. I don't I don't see it. <laughs> I've gotten that too, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't I I guess I could get it to a certain degree. I I like what I like. I also happen to be kind of an extrovert, a little bit outspoken and so I just I say things and it's um apparent that I you know, I like what I like. Okay. So maybe that might be it. Um but then again, another thing that I, I also think is if you're intimidated by me or if, you know, my success or where I'm going or my priorities in life are kind of a point of contention or you don't feel like you can measure up, then you probably aren't the, the person to begin with. Um, have I had moments where I've doubted myself and thought maybe I should tone it down a little bit? You know, we get fed this whole submission narrative, which 
submission itself isn't bad but then there's this element i feel especially in more traditional churches and like where i grew up where there's this emphasis on like make your man feel like a man and um you know don't be too too overshadowing or too overbearing or whatever don't don't be so outspoken basically don't be me and everything i am um it, it can be a bit discouraging because it's like i want a christian guy but at the same time i mustn't be this person so come off like you know sweet calm and mild and meek and gentle and everything but i'm not that yeah. person um and i find it well, difficult to be that that person because that's not my personality type and um i've tried to a certain degree to be like okay yeah like i'm gonna listen to what you have to say let me give you a chance to be you know to head this relationship and to give you that that place but they always fall short of that like they can never they can never measure up yeah no, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I mean, like you said, you don't, you don't want to put yourself in a place where you're compromising yourself, right? Where you're lowering your standards. Um, and at the same time, you want to be you. You, yeah. you want, I mean, you don't want to be this fake individual. You don't want to put on this mask, right? Because, I mean, these, these, I think we have to remember, like, these, these guys are, when, when, they're, when they're pursuing women, they're treating it like an interview. They're going to they're gonna tell you what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. and and they're going to they're going to give you their best version of themselves yeah. mm-hmm. they're not going to come out and give you the, the correct version and, and whatnot so the thing is is that like the, in order for you to be able to attract the person which god has called you to you got to be yourself yeah i'm you know it, i mean it's not i mean i i i was in a place where i just like i i had to realize that like look uh, I, i'm i don't fit the mold in this church at all and i'm on top of that i just like i'm 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 i think i'm like one morning and was just you know looking at my closet and being like hmm, i wonder what dashiki will i wear today for service yeah i just i had to i had to be you know i had to be myself and yeah and 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 being able to 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 deal with these people and but the interesting part here, though, is is being able to comb through the options and being able to to be able to divide what's good and what's not good and everything else. If you look at Boaz here for a sec, Boaz now Naomi was 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 saying that Boaz was out on the threshing floor. Now Boaz had all these pickers to pick the wheat and everything else, but Boaz's position and what he did because he was the the head of the household, what he would do is when all the wheat came in, he would go to the threshing floor and begin to to um, begin to do his thing out on the threshing floor which is winnowing and what that is is what he would do is he would separate the wheat from the chaff and from everything else that which was pretty much couldn't be used or you know it was garbage it had to be thrown away and it's interesting that Boaz being surrounded by all these women being a man of position a man of power a man who had so much to offer and being surrounded by all these women was able to do the very thing that which his position called him to do yeah which was to separate that what that which was not of 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 let's say that which was not good from that which was good that which mm-hmm. was not of god from that which was of god right and so if you if you look at it here like i mean boaz was was doing the very thing in which he was you know he was able to filter through all these other ladies and be able to find the ruby the gem yeah. that was hidden in the rough which was ruth mm-hmm. and being able to look past all of the shortcomings and in, in everything that which was against her and realize that that this woman was was calling on 
to his heart, that, that God was guiding him and directing him into this area. And I feel like so many women are, are trying to get to a place where, you know, how do we do this? So um, I usually just try to leave a portion of, of the mess of, of these, these episodes where I just, you know, talk a little about the message and whatnot. And, and so how do we weed out the wrong? So first of all, you got to work on yourself first yeah. before you can work on any guy. Um, look, no guy out there can, can bring, bring you salvation. That, mm-hmm. that, there's a reason why it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse three. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. You know, she's, she's telling Ruth before you head out to Boaz, make sure you are positioned to do so. Make sure that you are good. Make sure that you're good to go. And yeah. I feel like so many women, do you know what? I get it. It's not, a, it's a scary, it's a scary time. It's fearful. Mm-hmm. But don't be afraid to focus on you. Don't be afraid to literally like, hey, look, if, if God is going to bring a guy into your life, don't worry about it. Just even if, don't, don't necessarily, you don't need to jump into these relationships. You don't need to necessarily go head first into it because some guy is giving you attention. Focus on yeah. you first. Focus on your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if it's of God, the guy's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That guy's going to stick around. That guy's going to be waiting. So it's important that we get our, our, ourselves right with Jesus Christ. You know, if, if you were in a past relationship where it involved sexual sin or, you know, if you felt like your relationship with Christ took a nosedive because of it, now's the season, now's the time to get yourself back into a place where you are communion with Christ. Mm-hmm. The second thing I want to point out is Naomi told Ruth not just to wash or anoint, but they also said put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. When, when I was reading that, I was thinking, put on the best garment. It almost brought that verse that, that brings to mind um, where it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe it's in Romans chapter 13, verse 14. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the idea of this is that in everything that we should do, we should be putting on Jesus Christ, period. In every single day, in every situation, we should be putting on Jesus Christ. Because I seriously, like, I, I'm sorry, but I feel like women really, really need to hear this. Look, you do not need to sacrifice your holiness in order for this relationship to work. Mm-hmm. You don't have to compromise yourself in order for a relationship to come into your life. If you stay truthful to what God is calling you to do, then God is going to lead you and guide you and direct you. And it may, look, he may not be in the church to which you are in, but I do believe that if you put yourself in a position where you're constantly putting God first, seeking him, walking in accordance to his will, it might end you up in a concert where you could meet your future husband. It might end, it might involve you going to some kind of conference where he's at, or I mean, God could ultimately bring the person in his church. And I mean, though I don't, you know, I always warn women, be careful when they're online dating mm-hmm. and whatnot, because I know that's a big factor and whatnot. I know that's, that's a huge thing on how people meet and, and everything, but um, even though I, I don't, you know, if there's a possibility you could meet your future husband or wife via online, via online. Um, it's once again, it's all being about being guided by God and making yeah. sure that Christ is in the center of it. And, and, and that has to come first. Like, look, if this, if, if this guy or this individual is trying to force a relationship on you, do not be afraid to simply say, bye boy, 
I'm done, mm -hmm. right? Just just toss it aside. Because look, if it's not of God, you don't want it. It's just going to make things so much more worse. Yeah. And lastly, this last point, I would just want to bring it home with. And this is what I, I think Naomi gives Ruth some of the best advice here after this. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. It shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies and you shall go and uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what you should do. Depending on what kind of version you read here, um, I'm reading out of, the, out of the New King James. I think there's other versions where Naomi's telling her to observe. Um, in this version, Naomi's telling her, you know, notice where he's lying down, take notice of it, right? I think that's something that so many women are doing in the church today. They're not noticing. They're not observing. Yeah. They're leading and guiding things with their hearts. They're 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 taking they're taking step forwards in in getting to know guys with with their hearts and not necessarily noticing. I, I couldn't tell you how many times I decided to sit back and notice some women and I'm thank God to this day that I never got into a, a relationship with some of these women because it would have been a nightmare. It would, mm -hmm. have been it would have been absolutely awful. I mean, most, like I said, most guys are going to treat this like an interview. They're going to give you a fake version of, of, of yourself. I, when, I, when, when I was um, speaking with my wife, I had to throw trick questions at her. I needed, I, needed, I, needed, I needed her to tell me what I wanted to hear without, without me asking her. Because I needed to know what came from her heart. And it was something mm. that was in her heart, not necessarily something that I wanted her to say. And she yeah. felt it was what I wanted her to say. It's something, you know, there, there, there's so much where we're just not observing. I think we just, you know, don't be afraid to take, look, you've already been single for a little while. Take a little extra more time to make sure that this person is, is of God. And above mm -hmm. all else, don't panic. Yeah. Be, pa be patient. I do believe that if you walk in, in, in accordance to God's will for your life, um, God is ultimately going to bless you with, with someone who, in which he has called you to. Now, the journey is always going to be different. Don't compare it to anyone else. Um, your love story is going to be different, and it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be blessed. But, uh, but uh, you just got to be patient and allow God to move. And, um, the interesting part that I love about this book is that if you look at some of the meanings here, Ruth actually means in Hebrew friend or companion. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the meaning of Moab or to be a Moabite, it means the word, uh, the word in Hebrew means from the father. And if you take Boaz, his meaning means in strength. So if you literally put all of these things together, it's almost as if God is forming a sentence in a, a message for everyone who's reading the book of Ruth, who's dealing with the singleness right now saying, you have strength to wait for that companion who is going to be sent to you by the father. So, I mean, take, take, take that time to, to understand and realize your situation may look bleak. It's tough. It's hard. And I understand and I get it but don't compromise yourself. Don't compromise your faith. Don't compromise the will of God for your life. And I trust and believe that God is going to do great things in your life and going to guide you to that special someone in your life. Amen. But that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank everyone for this uh, joining me on this episode. God bless you all. Take care. 
Thank you for joining us on A Place Where I Belong podcast. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us in the links below. If you enjoyed this podcast today, then hit that subscribe button. Until next time, thank you for listening. Take care of yourself and God bless you.